everybody has a story. Whether it's the story of our lives, the story of our heritage, or the stories we tell ourselves about who we are, that we hang our identities on, our whole world is made up of stories. And it's not just our own stories that define our world. All you have to do is switch on the television or take a walk outside, and whether it's advertising billboards, the television news, the latest soap operas, or the cultural and societal rules and regulations that set out to bring order to the way we live our lives and go about our days, everything is made up of stories. Indeed, even the passing of the seasons is a story that unfolds over and over again right in front of our eyes. As Yuval Noah Harari said, humans think in stories, and we try to make sense of the world by telling stories. This is Conversations on Living, a podcast about learning how to be, how to live, and how to make the most of this one wild and precious life, as Mary Oliver might have put it. I'm Chris Brock, and I hope that you'll be the Dr. Watson to my Sherlock Holmes as we explore the mystery of just how to live and how to live well. This week, we're exploring the power of stories, about how the stories we tell ourselves and others can help us own our lives, unfurling it in front of us like a blossoming lotus flower. Or they can help to keep us trapped and paralysed when they manifest as fear, as unsurpassable obstacles that stand in the way of us and our potential. Today I'm chatting with Karen Black, international publicist and founder of talentfinders.com. We chat about the importance of grabbing on to our stories with both hands and how, if we can summon up the courage, our stories can propel us towards a greater sense of being, of fulfilment and achievement. You can find out more about Karen at www.kerinblack.com and she's also running a PR bootcamp for anyone who wants to take their public profile to the next level. To find out more about that, email her at kerin at talentfinders.com. All of these links will, of course, be in the show notes. And before we get started, just a shout out to the guys at Headliner. Headliner is the service I use to create those waveform graphics of audio snippets that I share on social media to market this podcast. Headliner is really the easiest and most powerful way to create these audiograms. So if you're a host of a podcast, you really should check them out at www.headliner.app. And don't forget, if you enjoy these conversations, please rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to tell your friends and co-workers and anyone you can find. It all really helps to spread the word. And you can find out about this and all the other episodes of the podcast at conversationsonliving.com, as well as information about me, my writings, my meditations, and more. And don't forget to sign up to my very infrequent newsletter while you're there, and you'll also get a copy of my latest book, Shine Manifesto, absolutely free, as a thank you for your troubles. And if you want to carry on the conversation, head over to the Facebook group and join the Convo crew. Just search for Conversations on Living. Now, without any further to do, here's my conversation about owning our stories with publicist Karen Black. So, hey, Karen, you are a friend of the podcast. You've been on the podcast before. We talked back in the early days before pandemics and things like that, you know, relegated us to Zoom calls and all that kind of stuff. And we yeah. um, we met face to face and we had a, a conversation and you're back on the podcast to talk to us a little bit about personal PR, about publicity and why it's important, why it can be a little bit scary. And then some of the things, some of the people you work with and that kind of thing. So maybe you could give us a little bit of background about yourself, what you do, and then also kind of why a bit of personal publicity is, is important if you're in that kind of a professional sphere, if you like. Yes, thanks so much, Chris, for having me. Um, so, yeah, I'm a, I'm an international publicist. I've been doing uh, publicity for the last, um, I'd say, over 15 years. Uh, last count already. But, um, yeah, so um, basically, just to give some background, I, I'm more like on the personal sharing people's story and the power of people's story because everybody knows a name and a, um, knows like successful brands. So if you take Richard Branson or Elon Musk or Sarah Blakely um, and you talk about them, it's really what sells them is their personal story. Everybody knows they, their brands are great and what they're doing and contributing to a, a be, the betterment of humanity. But I think really what sells them um, is their story. So that's really been my drive. And it's not only about um, working with necessarily famous people, big names, 
it's also there's some amazing people doing incredible work um and you know their stories aren't being told so i think it's important um and that's been one of the driving factors for me so yeah it's the journey really started with one particular a south african artist who was living in new york at the time and i reached out and i actually just ended up doing publicity by default <laughs> so that's really how my journey started i didn't study or train in in that arena and yeah just continue to to um to do that so i don't know if that gives you some idea yeah i mean you've re- you've mentioned some really interesting people there and, and you're so right i mean sarah blakely she's the founder of spanx isn't she in america yes. And Spanx yes. is, is not a product, I'm not exactly the target audience for this product, but um, it's it's basically, she took, cut the feet off a pair of tights and yes, realized exactly. that they, they kind of smoothed out some of the bumps. And then, yes. uh, and then she was very fortunate to be uh, on the receiving end of the Oprah effect. Yes. Uh, and I remember hearing an interview with her where basically Oprah got in touch and said, we, we, we really love your story we're going to send a film crew over to her offices, over to your offices. And she freaked out because her offices were actually her front room. And (laughs) so she had to get all her friends in to pretend that they were her, um, her employees. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And make them make it all look like she was running a kind of professional operation. Um, But then because of this exposure from Oprah, she went on, well, and I believe she just sold 51% of Spanx. Um, yeah, that's she, right. I think for like one point two billion dollars. Yeah, and she's now this yeah. kind of crazy billionaire. She went from kind of making cutting the feet off tights in her living room to now being a billionaire. And it's yeah. that, but it's that story. And and Oprah herself has always talked about the power of your story. And you know, Richard yeah. Branson is the kind of figurehead of Virgin. And it's but it's this story. And I, I know some very successful people who also have amazing stories. And I think behind every one of us we all have a story, don't we? And yeah, what, absolutely. Why, why do you think the story is so important, that, that personal story? Because I think that people want to know, um, well, I certainly am like this, and I guess other people that I've worked with, um, people really want to know the name and the face because, you know, I think it also becomes like there's a personal connection. And I think also... It's also the inspiration uh, to be able to show people what is possible. So, you know, I I think for me, obviously I don't know Elon Musk, but because he comes from my country, South Africa, and, you know, he went to Pretoria Boys and, you know, he had a very difficult time in South Africa, as did I. And I'm not talking about necessarily, you know, poverty or growing up in a dysfunctional family or anything like that. but I think when you come from that kind of environment, it's um, it it builds a lot of character and it also forces you to be strong in in ways that you didn't necessarily know or realize that you had the possibility. You know, I mean, he left. If you read his book, he left um, South Africa and then landed in Canada and called his mom and said, "What do I do now?" And look where he is today. And I've stood outside SpaceX um, uh, headquarters and you just stand there and you realize just the magnitude of what he's doing and what, and how he's trying to create something for the betterment of humanity, whether that's Tesla, SpaceX, the boring company, any one of his <laughs> multiple companies. So I think it's just really having that connection and, and realizing what's possible. Do you and think that's that's what it is? There's a, something in there that kind of resonates with people, and and it's it's kind of you know you've got this guy coming from you know a kind of slightly difficult life in South Africa, and then yeah. going on to become like this this kind of world changing uh, billionaire Bigger. entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Th- one of my previous episodes of the podcast, I I've, I did a double double episode all about uh, ultra running, yeah, and you know, having run a marathon and, and it nearly killed me myself and it, I did a very slow time, but then I interviewed this guy who's done, um, you know, he, he goes and runs a hundred miles and does a hundred kilometer runs and will do seven marathons in seven days across the Sahara desert and things like this. And it's that next level 
that most of us would say, oh, it's just not possible. Yeah. Um, but these people prove it is possible. Um, Absolutely. You know, and it's, I find that quite, quite interesting. And, and, and people are drawn to that. People are drawn to Richard Branson. People are drawn to this kind of rags to riches story that, yeah. you know, because I think a lot of the time as well, sorry, I'm rambling on here, but we, no, that's fine. Uh, we tend to think that I, I could never do that. I could never do that. Yeah. And then when someone does it, we kind of think, well, maybe, maybe I could. Yes. I think it's just a belief. I mean, I, I think it's very hard. Um, it has been very hard through the pandemic. But I also think that, you know, you have to be front of people's mind because we have so much information coming at us all the time. You know, like if you look at Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola doesn't have to advertise, but they still do. Um, you know, I don't know too much about the actual Coke story. I mean, you know, the people involved like the Warren Buffetts and so on in terms of investors and that, and that kind of thing. But for me, I just think that, you know, we we really need to not only look to people who have done exceptionally well, like the Bransons, but we have to look to people in our own communities and we have to try to create a unification. And I think that these stories do unify people. Like if you, if you go back to last year when there was all this divisiveness and, you know, political rhetoric and all this nonsense and yet Elon still managed to launch a rocket into space and you could see how it unified people so I think that that's the whole thing is we need to come to a place where we where we unified and I think the people that are doing amazing things and having their stories told in in the media whether it's tv radio podcast whatever um it's important for those stories to be told because people need to resonate with people if you know because not everyone's going to be a billionaire not everyone's going to get to elon's you know there's a very rare percentage that gets to that level but i think if, if people in their own communities can share their stories um you know that will help other people to be inspired to show people within their own communities what's possible even yeah. if it's not at some grand scale absolutely and i think you know um i can't remember who said it but uh it might have been brene brown or someone like that you know it's it's when you when you kind of talk about your own journey it encourages other people to talk about their journeys as well and that that can be yeah. a very very powerful you know healing tool in a way and help people to kind of come to terms with the harsh realities of life or you know find their own own space in life but but how do we make sure we're not when we're when we're embarking on this you know we've got a message to tell and we're using our own stories as a medium to tell that or or a business to promote or whatever it might be how do we stop this from becoming a, a kind of big ego trip and just kind of becoming this kind of big bigger than life uh, version of ourselves how do we rein it in well, I think that it, it's really about being authentic and it's about it's about using the platform because I 100% get what you're saying because I think that there is a very fine line and there's also a very high level of narcissism that we see. And I think the pandemic has amplified that. Um, but I think that it's, you know, I guess for me, the people that I've um, had the opportunity to work with, um, you know, I think there is, in some, in most of the instances, you know, through people's experience, as through my entrepreneurial experience, there's a certain level of humility that, that comes with it through the real pains and traumas of entrepreneurship. And I think that if you can be vulnerable but authentic without, you know, making it soppy or without, you know, look at me kind of because I've never been like that myself I mean I was always very in any media that I've been in or any magazines I've always made it about the vision and the journey and and how I would like to improve and and change and impact other people's lives so if you make it about the message and about other people I think it it, it becomes it's far more authentic the message comes across far more authentically. Um, 
then oh, I just want to be featured in the publication because yeah. you know I want everyone to see what I'm doing. Because there is, a... and you do see that in celebrity. I mean, I don't think celebrity has the the same level of influence it does because I think people can see right through it. Yeah, in terms and of I... transparency. I think with this kind of this world of kind of Instagram as well, there's this kind of highly yes. polished, um, you know, perception that the perfect life looks like this, and we're all you know hanging on, you know, hanging on the wings of private jets, and you know, going on yachts in the Caribbean, and and looking yeah. amazing with our beach bodies and everything. Yeah. But to be truly authentic, you need to kind of be a little bit kind of like, I'm not perfect. This is me, warts and all. Yeah. I mean, how vulnerable do you have to get? in order to kind of tap into that authenticity? I mean, that can be quite frightening, can't it? Yeah, I mean, I think it can. You know, I've had, you know, my own awful situations of sexual harassment in 2017 and 2018. Um, one with a major company, won't mention their name, but, um, you know, their former co-founder. So I think that it's hard to talk about those things. Um, but I also think that, if you're coming from a place of truth and you're coming from a place of wanting to protect and help other people, I think it is important to show vulnerability through whatever it's been, you know, yeah. whatever adversity, whatever, without, without playing a victim, but rather standing up in your truth and saying through, through my journey, I experienced this or this, that thing happened, or, you know, these are some of the biggest lessons and learnings. And we all have to go through that. But I think that if you tell the truth authentically, without, you know, bashing people or, 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 or trying to be vindictive in any way, um, I think that it is, I think it's important, because you don't know who's listening, and you also don't know who, who you could be helping. Yeah, You know, and there's many women, like the year that it happened to me, you know, there were stories that broke out in San Francisco about how women were being sexually harassed or, you know, um, tried to be exploited because they were going there to seek money for their businesses. And, and these men, because Silicon Valley is just, there's just so much money there that, you know, they think they can just do whatever they want and they're above the law they're above whoever and i've heard some pretty harrowing stories from other women and i think that it's important to talk about it because how do you change the narrative if you're not willing to stand in the truth That's so true. i think um, it's important yeah i mean I, i've spoken to people and this this can be for any kind of difficult challenging um, life experience I've, I've i've spoken to people who are talking about their their journeys through cancer for example or through yeah. um, rehabilitation after uh, brain injuries and, and things like that. Um, yeah. I mean, there is that kind of idea that, you know, you're, you're putting yourself out there and you can kind of inspire people to kind of shine their light as well or encourage people to kind of be brave and deal, you know, deal with their, their traumas and the things that have, that have happened to them. But, I mean, we mentioned Brené Brown a, a little while ago and she – she said, if you're going to step into the arena, you're going to get a kicking. And, Absolutely. I mean, anyone in the public eye has their, the people who love them and the people who hate them. And I think that can be very, very frightening. You know, I've, you, you hear about people just getting uh, terrible hate from complete strangers. And yeah. it, all they're doing is just being out there, you know, living a yeah. life that other people are not brave enough to live. So how, yeah. do, you, how do you kind of prepare yourself for whatever industry you're in whatever you whatever message you're sharing stepping into the into the light if you like how can you prepare yourself for the inevitable negativity you're going to get well i think firstly you really have to know who you are i mean i think in in the instance i'll use the example of myself i think because you know i i didn't really have a voice before um and i thought that okay the first time that situation occurred I never said anything and then the second time it occurred the following year by somebody completely different I realized as time went on that you know after all you know the the, the difficulties and heartache and and you know just 
damage that was done, um, I realized that I have to use my voice. And many, many people, I cut myself off from a lot of people, not, not like permanently, but during that period. And I really had the support probably of three, three people that really knew and understood what was going on. And um, I realized that I have to use my voice. And people said to me, don't do it because it's going to destroy you. These are big corporations. I'm like, well, it's destroying me anyway. And I realized that I think what you, it takes an immense amount of courage and bravery, you know, and I think that also in a way it's healing. I'm not saying you, you, you it, like it, it heals completely because it's always there lingering in the back of your mind as to what happened and how you could have maybe done things differently. Um, but at the same token, you know, me opening my mouth and me saying what I had to say got the guy removed from the company and you know that that is that is not an easy thing to do and I did it anonymously because I was petrified I was like you know I don't want litigation I, I don't come from the U.S. I'm not a U.S. citizen you know all of these things you know play a role so I think that to answer your question it's about really digging deep even no matter how hard it is because you could have I know that I saved that company millions in future litigation. Um, and I would have felt guilty if I hadn't done it because I knew that at some point, whoever it happened to next probably would have gone after him and the company. And they would have been millions of dollars in lawsuits. So I really think that you it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy, but you... You really have to dig deep and, and, and find your truth and, and stand up and do what's right. And I think now more and more people are coming forward, even maybe from years of damage where they stayed silent. They're seeing other people come forward. And I think it's because other people are standing up, other people are talking, whatever that may be. Like you say, it could be multiple different scenarios. But they are coming forward and they are talking. And I think that that is helping to, to change and shift the narrative. So, yeah. yeah. But I mean, in terms of, um, I mean, that, that is quite extreme. Um, when we talk about stepping into the arenas, that's quite an extreme arena to step into. Yeah. But I, I think a lot of people are in terms of personal publicity and in terms of becoming visible, they're very much scared of what people will think, even just other people are going to think I'm stupid. Yeah, for know. sure. Um, and people will make you feel stupid. I mean, I'm sure you had personal attacks over the years and, and things oh, like for that. Oh, sure. And I mean, for anyone sure. does. I mean, you, you follow any politician, you follow any um, celebrity. There are yeah. people who love them, but there are also people who hate them. And, yeah. you know, you, you. I guess you have to roll with those punches. You have to kind of disconnect from that a little bit in order to kind of focus on whether, it, whether it's outing or, or standing up for people who've been you know, in abusive situations like you've experienced or whether it's just telling your story about cutting the feet off tights in order to kind of promote your business or whatever it is, yeah. you still need to become visible. And that yeah. can be quite terrifying for people. Yeah, I mean, I it, it, for sure, you know, especially if it's not something you used to. But I think, again, if you, you know, it's really just about, the power of you know the power of telling your story and also just going you have to I think just even if it's uncomfortable because I think that's the whole thing is if something's uncomfortable to somebody to people that oh you shouldn't do it but I think that it's totally the opposite I think you should do it because it is going to help you grow it is going to help you expand and I think you just have to get to a place where you are comfortable and at peace irrespective of the attacks or the compliments and you just have to I you know it is hard because you know people take things personally but I think once you realize you know we're living in a world where everyone's got an opinion about everything and how you should live your life and everybody's dictating to everybody else how they should be doing things instead of you know actually just looking at themselves in the mirror and and living their life in, in the best accordance, you know, to the direction or, you know, to their dreams or inspirations or aspirations. So 
yeah, I think you just have to really be willing to go, you know what, I'm, I'm willing to step into this and, and really just, I guess, self-talk and, and just be, surround yourself also with people that are going to support you so that if, if something does happen or somebody does, you know, say something or, you know, especially on social media and, and things like that, that you can just lean into those people if it gets difficult or tough. But you must remember that a lot of people's opinions, you know, I don't have to tell you this, is based upon their own insecurity anyway. And they're only saying things of the perspective of their point of view, which is probably very limited anyway. So I think that people just have to, um, if you want to be in the media and you want to, you know, expand your personal brand and, and share your story, you just have to be willing to accept that with the good comes the bad. And it's only going to make you stronger. And provided that you just keep consistently doing what you're doing, you shouldn't be paying attention to other people's. Uh, it reminds me of um, Anais Nin, the, the uh, writer. She said, uh, um, uh, I don't see you as, as you are. I see you yeah. as I am. And people, exactly. you know, whatever you're doing, people will relate to you from their own perspective. And yeah. sometimes they can respond to your, your, you know, your courage to get up there and, and speak in front of the world. And yeah. um, well, that will kind of reflect back on their insecurity about that, you know, and whatever it might be, you know, you yeah. will bring that out of people. I, um, I spoke with one of your uh, colleagues on the podcast a few episodes back, Amy Scruggs. Yes. And she is a, a television presenter. She teaches uh, media skills to professionals. And yes. uh, I spoke to her about, you know, every day we get up and we have to face the world. And, yes. you know, with her in particular, she's been in the public eye ever since she was born. You know, she's a singer. She's, you know, a very um, uh, outward going person. And yeah. I said to her, do you ever get afraid? Do you ever get afraid of what are people going to think of me today? What are people, you know, what if I make a mistake? What if it all goes wrong? Right. And she said, I do every day. I, I get that fear. Every day when I wake up, I get that fear. Yeah. And, and I have to, I have to take ownership of it, you know, right. because that, that, fear is, that fear is enough to stop anyone in their tracks. You know, I, I'd love to be a Hollywood actor, but I'm afraid of what people will think of me, you know, I'm afraid <laughs> of being rubbish. You know, I'd love to be, yeah a global athlete but I'm 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 a terrible you know I'm not fit enough and I'm worried that like you have the criticism and she she has techniques so she meditates she has mantras and affirmations that she uses I mean is there anything that you call upon or you recommend people call upon before they step into the light if you like and before they kind of submit their article to Forbes magazine or before they kind of get out there and tell their story yeah so I think as examples of some of the things that I do, obviously, I mean, I, I'm not on TV all the time, but I have done interviews. I have been, you know, on TV and in magazines and so on. And I think that some of the things, like for me, obviously, I do meditate. Um, and because I live close to the ocean, I, you know, I walk every morning. I was running till I had a foot injury. Um, which I'm still working to to fix, but um, normally I would run because um, I, I run every morning. Um, but I think that it's just really getting grounded. Um, so whether that's in nature, whether that's taking a walk, whether that's meditating, and just really getting centered um, for whatever that environment um, presents. I mean, obviously, magazine interviews and things are slightly different because you know, either the journalist will send the questions or they'll interview and then they'll write the article. So it's less um, about being, you know, on a TV screen or, you know, on a podcast or, you know, in any sort of public, um, like mainstream media format. But um, yeah, I just think that it's, it's just important just, you know, breathe, you know, meditate, you know, anything that's going to kind of root you back in, in nature, that's how I certainly look at it, because I think that that really does give you a sense of strength. Um, so those are just some of the recommendations I could make in terms of, you know, if, you know, before going on to any level or any interview, that's what I would be doing. I um I read uh, Tony one of Tony Robbins' books, and he talks yeah. a lot about state, 
and taking ownership yeah. of your state. And he, at his home, he has a plunge pool, this icy cold pool that he jumps into every morning just to kind of wake him up and get him energized for the day. And I've seen before he goes on stage, he'll, he'll jump on a, a jump up and down on a, a tiny trampoline just to kind of get the blood pumping. And yeah, get the thing. blood going. <laughs> yeah. And it, it just reminded me of that when you were saying about going for a run in the morning, you know, to something that will, because sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I'm full of self-doubt. I'm full of yes. kind of like, oh, what is the point? I'm not good enough. But then I, you know, you need to push through that. And I, I've heard other people say they, they'll stand in the mirror, in front of the mirror and make themselves look as big as possible. You know, other people, other people have affirmations and things like this, but, you know, I think it's, it's really good to be able to kind of reset yourself into a kind of positive state and just be able to kind of silence those negative voices. Yes. Um, because otherwise that your that inner narrative can end up owning you if you're not careful. No, 100%. And it's the voices in your head that are the worst sometimes. Yeah, the worst critics. When you've, got to, when you've got to try to, you know, they're just up there, you feel like, oh, I just want to do bed day, like I don't want to get out of bed or whatever, you know. And But then you, you do, you know, and, and you get up and you, and you do what you have to do to make what you want happen because no one's going to ultimately do it for you. Um. So I think it's just important to, you know, to apply whatever techniques work for you, you know, whether that's, like I say, taking a walk or meditating, you know, even if you wake up and you meditate for half an hour before you get, get out of bed, you know, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of YouTube and then sometimes at night, you know, if you struggle to sleep, I listen to dolphin meditation and I never even make it to the end because <laughs> so. I mean you've you've worked on lots of projects and I mean I, I've written books and things like that and I, I can go I can start a project but they get halfway through and um, you know I'll, I'll be thinking oh what is the point I'm never going to finish this yeah. and it's just keeping that that momentum going I mean did you find that with so when you were setting up talent finders or any of your kind of charitable um ventures that you you needed to keep somehow find the motivation to keep that going oh yeah all the time I mean even now you know because it is hard I mean you know I'm still for me trying to find a funder to expand on what I already have um but yeah you know it is it's it's very it's very challenging because I think as you probably know being an entrepreneur it's very lonely like you can have all these people and you can know a lot of people and you can hang out with people or not, you know, good at meetings or whatever. But the reality is, is that it always comes back to you. And it is hard. I mean, you know, it's hard because whether you're trying to, you know, manage raising funding or whether you're just managing day to day, you know, I don't, and I've always lived by this principle. And I think I said this the last time, because I don't spend what I don't have. I don't have credit. I don't, you know, have all these things that are going to ultimately get me into problems. And I always try to think ahead in the sense of I need to prevent a train wreck. So in order for me not to have this train wreck, I need to be able to be having this continual flow of revenue or income or whatever. And, and you really just have to be focused and disciplined. I mean, can you, um, can you use that same same thing to kind of preempt your own um, losing momentum, if you like? Can you, can you sort of say, I know that in a month's time, I'm going to I'm going to run out of steam for this. So I need to think of ways that I can keep myself buoyed up and, and keep the faith that it's a, a worthwhile endeavor. Yes, 100 percent. I mean, I think you, you have to. And I'm not saying that it's going to work all the time because you are going to have low points you're going to have a lot lot, a lot more difficult points and and uh challenges than you are going to have that are good but when you hit the good things whether they're small uh, incremental achievements or whether they're big achievements you have to acknowledge when you when you get those and you have to appreciate it because i think sometimes we get caught up in a state of oh it's the next thing the next thing the next thing but what you know, it, it's funny, like I said to somebody the other day on a call, they were asking and I was talking about uh, various things. And I said, you know, my discipline for this year was to make sure that 
I eliminate um, some of my debts. Well, it's all done now, but in, in South Africa, you know, related to the business. And I did, you know, and, and but you have to really stay the course. And it isn't easy. I mean, I'm not going to kid anybody. You know, there's, there's days where it's really hard and it's like, well, you know, what do I do today? But I think, like you say, you can mentally prepare yourself for things down the line to be able to say, okay, how am I going to motivate myself if this thing doesn't quite go according to plan or whatever? So I think there are ways of doing it, but you also have to be forward thinking in that respect. Yeah, and I suppose that a level of self-awareness is required. So yes. you, you need to know that, you know, ultimately the drive to make this happen has to come from me. Uh, I can't yeah. expect I can't expect the world to kind of help me along here until this thing is finished and up and running. So I yeah. need to keep, you know, like you say, stay the course, you know. Um, yeah. So just uh, so we've been talking about Talent Finders. Can you give us a brief uh, overview of what TalentFinders.com is all about? So TalentFinders.com is an online talent community for people who are in the creative space. So actors, models, musicians, speakers, athletes. Uh, directors, photographers, anybody, even entrepreneurs. Um, so it's an online database or online talent community which connects and promotes talent. So those talents looking to get exposure and those looking for talent can come to one central online talent community. Um, and the goal really was with that was to be able to say to people whether you're represented by an agent or whether you're self-represented, you can still register on the website because we're not an agency. We're more just a platform for people to be able to be found or to find who represents a specific um, individual under whatever category or genre. So that was the idea and then creates an education element to be able to help people. So I had people come to me and say, you know, we wish we'd had a platform like this because when we moved from the UK to LA, we didn't know, like, how do we find an agent? What should our headshot look like? Um, there were all of these factors. And that's what a lot of people don't understand is the industry doesn't, you know, yes, you have casting calls and you have all these things here, but it doesn't necessarily work the same as the US. So I think that that was part of our goal and mission as well is to create a, an education element with talent finders as well. So kind of like a LinkedIn for creatives in a way. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, fantastic. And also I think as well, it, it, it's more cost effective for artists because to have your own website, the majority of people don't maintain or, or sustain their own websites um, or becomes too costly. Whereas with ours, they can pay an annual fee per year list their profile, go in and update the information anytime they want at no extra cost. So I really think, yeah, that, that was really the purpose was to make people feel like they weren't being ripped off. <laughs> and and how long did it take you to get it up and running? What was the, from getting the idea together and then sitting down to make it happen? Was it a so long, I, long journey? Yeah, a long time. I mean, it was 2005, I registered the business. But it was only in 2008 that I actually got the website built. Um, and, you know, we had our own set of challenges because, again, it's South Africa and we didn't have, you know, PayPal and all these online payment gateways. So at the time we were running off debits, which is very antiquated, but it is what it is. Um, and, I mean, South Africa only really got PayPal five years ago. So... It's um, obviously we use PayPal now, um, but we also we had to go through our own set of teething problems and find an investor so we could rebuild the website to what it is now. I mean, did and you ever we'll probably go through another transition? Did you ever feel like kind of giving up and just saying, "No, I've had enough of this. It's it's too much like hard work," or you know, I'm losing the faith here. I mean, I think there have been moments. Um, where I have felt like that, but then I realized, like, you know, talentfinders.com is really my real estate in terms of my domain. Um, and I really believe that 
we can do something great. I think, you know, these freemium models are great, but you have problems with fake accounts. You have problems with hacking. You have problems with all of these things. So I really wanted to kind of add value to people in terms of, in terms of what um, Talent Finders offers and, and make it a unique experience. So, yeah. And in terms of, um, you know, offering people value and, you know, all, all, everything you seem to do is about kind of getting people, I keep, I keep using this phrase, into the light, if you like. Yes. Or getting people to step into the arena and, and tell their stories. And you've put together a, um, a PR, kind of personal publicity boot camp, haven't you? A sort of online course. Yes. What, what's that about? So the reason I came up with that was more from an education standpoint to educate people that wanted to get a, a sort of in-depth or at least um, some insight into um, how PR works and the benefits of PR. So more so than telling people how to actually get their own PR because most people won't be able to do it themselves anyway. Um, and also we already have the established relationships with publications and, and so on. So I think it's important for people to understand that it's much easier to invest in, in a publicist or PR uh, company um, than to do it yourself. Because again, if I went to a magazine or a publication and I said, well, you put me in, it comes across as narcissistic. And I, the majority of the time they won't do it unless it's maybe potentially a good story. But all the, all the people that are, um, you know, that are featured in publications or whatever, most of them are using PR or, or publicists. So, so the idea behind the boot camp really is to create um, uh, an education-based um, insight into the benefits of PR and how it works. Um, because I, I think there's a serious misunderstanding. Um, and also there's a... Uh, a part of it that is people think oh you know if, if I've been in you know one publication you know I'm suddenly going to become a millionaire or my business is just going to explode and it doesn't work like that it's all PR all publications are all building blocks to um, you know to, to expanding and growing your brand and your story. It seems to be that there's this kind of common theme that you know everything is done incrementally if you want to get somewhere if you want to achieve a goal yes. you know the the goal can be daunting like launching a platform you know to to a linkedin for creatives if you like that seems quite daunting but yes. registering a business is quite straightforward you know registering a domain is quite straightforward and yes. you do it um I, there was a quote i heard uh, i forget who it was that said it um but it's basically the secret of life is failing at bigger and bigger challenges you know, you, you yeah. fail at something until um, you you succeed and then you move on to something harder and you fail at that, you get better and then you beat that challenge and then you move on to the next thing. And I feel like it's the same with that. You know, it's, it's not just about writing one article, but it's about becoming uh, recognized and it's about being over here, but also over there and, and it's becoming, you know, rep almost like building a reputation for yourself, you know, in, the, in your desired sphere. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also touching on what we spoke about earlier is the diversification because, you know, we all know what happened with Facebook and IG, whatever that was or wasn't, who knows. But if, if you lean too much into one thing or two platforms and you solely rely on that, it's very dangerous in my opinion. So I think that it's important for people to diversify in um, onto other platforms and I think that's what PR does so obviously a lot of print publications have now gone digital some of them don't print anymore but even so you know whether you're in Harper's or whether you're on Fast Company or whatever at the end of the day it's creating a different platform and they're not owned by the same company so it's not like there's going to be this threat that you know everything's going to collapse or you're going to lose a ton of money, whatever the case is, you well, know. You, you were referencing the, um, the outage, the Facebook and Instagram yes. outage. And yeah. those two, those two channels are kind of widely seen as the big, if you, if you want to get, get in front of people's eyeballs, 
you kind of either go to Facebook or, or to Instagram. And, but with those two going out for however long it was, it just kind of showed how vulnerable those two marketing channels yeah. are. So you need to create something that is not reliant on, you know, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You know, you've got to be yeah, a, absolutely. a bit more dynamic than that and, and get bigger than that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what your boot camp is going to going to show people how to do. Yes, exactly. So it's it's going to be a three module um it's a three module um program. Um and it's one hour a week um and it touches on three different um modules. So the information um I can obviously um send to you um if people are interested. Um but yeah, I mean, it covers, you know, like also how your bio should be and, you know, how we pitch and, and different ways because people don't always realize it's not just about sending your bio. You actually have to go in with an angle or pitch. So it's also about showing people that it's you're not going to be going on to like a TV show and talking about yourself. You may be asked to go on and speak about a specific subject that you are really is really niche and I don't like the word expert because nobody is an expert because things are just forever evolving <laughs> and changing so I, I prefer to call people specialists than 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 experts but yeah so it just gives some some insight into um you know in into the different um aspects of of media and publicity and and how to prepare and also you know images are very important because publications as you know before they would have budgets to do a photo shoot. But now these days they're actually asking people for their own images. They obviously credit the photographer involved, but it's not quite the same because they just don't have the same level of budget they used to have. So there's a yeah. lot of changes. I, yeah. I would say that's a, that's a biggie. If you're working in any professional sphere and you are likely to give interviews, having a – I mean, it may seem a bit egotistical to have these professional photographs done – but if you, the number of times, I mean, I've I spent 20 years working in magazines and the number of times I ran an interview and I said to someone, have you got a, a nice headshot? And they were, they might send me a terrible holiday snap. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, sort of, I'm pulling my hair out because I'm thinking I, I, I need good photos. I can't run with this. You know, you've given your expert yeah. opinion on something or your specialist opinion. And I, I, yeah. I just can't run with you, you know, a, a photo taken in your living room or something. It has to be. You know, you have to represent yourself. It has to be professional. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so I think it's all these little incremental things that we, you know, we'll be talking about and what is required and what is needed. Um, yeah, and 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 just give some people in, insight into into how PR and, and publicity works. So, if people want to find out more about that, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um. So they can either uh, email me, um, which is Karen, K-E-R-R-I-N, at talentfinders.com, um, or they can get hold of me on my IG, which is, well, they've got it as Black Karen <laughs> um, on Instagram, um, or I'm on Facebook, which is obviously just Karen Black. Um, yeah, so those would probably be the best um, ways to contact or connect with me. Fantastic. And of course, there's talentfinders.com if anybody wants to sign up to that as well. Yes. Um, but yeah, that, that's brilliant. I feel like that's quite a, uh, a far reaching conversation we've just had. So uh, I'm ever so grateful. And uh, yeah, I think there's a lot to be learned about facing your fears and under understanding yourself, you know, know yes. yourself, know when you're going to feel like you're going to run out of steam, know when you're going to lose the, the kind of will to keep going and preempt yeah. that, you know, don't expect things to just happen, but you have to kind of know yourself, know what you're aiming for and build to it. Um, Absolutely. And I also think that touches on mental health. And I think it's very important from a mental health standpoint, especially in it's become more evident now um, through the pandemic. Um, you know, how it's really affected and impacted people. Um, so, yeah, I think it's very important to address those things and also to take time out when you feel like things are getting too much and really just take some time for self-care, whether that's going for a walk or taking an hour nap or doing something that is just going to help you to, to calm. Because I think there is a, I don't know, I almost feel like there's a social anxiety that's uh, come about 
through this pandemic where people are, are finding it kind of challenging to reintegrate back into society. And it is strange because <laughs> a lot of people have been out of social circles or networking events or concerts or, you know, so it, it is challenging for, for, for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you feel like it's weird, it's probably because it is weird. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a very, <laughs> yeah, it's a very strange time we're going through and to, to be expected to pretend it's normal, I think is not a healthy perspective. on. No, things. it's not. So, so not yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and also when you're building, I mean, I know running this podcast, sometimes it can feel like it just never ends, but there's always this push to kind of be consistent and keep delivering and to keep delivering. But sometimes yeah. you do have to just say, well, hang on a minute. I'm a bit tired now. I need to rest for a few days. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, well, I'm really grateful for your, your expertise and or your specialist input. I don't want to use that word expert. Now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, your specialist input. And um, yeah, I think uh, there's plenty of different things there that we can take away uh, in terms of just, you know, facing, you know, taking ownership of our states, taking ownership of our story, facing the fear of, of being authentic and putting it out there and, you know, using that as a, as a medium for, you know, sharing our message. So I really appreciate that. Thanks for that. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. So there you go. That was me chatting with Kerin Black about the power of our stories. You may recognise Kerin from the early days of this podcast. She was a guest a whole 55 episodes ago. That seems like a whole lifetime ago. Another repeat visitor is Krish Shrikumar. He is a games developer, a meditator and a deep thinker. And he'll be joining me in three episodes time to pick up on this idea of stories and how powerful they can be. I'm really looking forward to that one and I hope you are too. In the meantime, don't forget to join the conversation at our Facebook group and find more episodes at conversationsonliving.com. Next week, I'll be chatting with author, speaker and thought leader Sue Stone about how we can step up to meet life and bring with us the kind of energy and attitude that will transform our reality for the better. But until then, have a lovely day.